You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. This is episode 12, Managing Personal Wellness While Hustling in the Music Industry. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. I've been a bit radio silent the last few weeks, partially because I've been spending time working on the business, in content creation mode, mapping out a few ideas that I think will really benefit the collective and you, my audience, but also because I've been spending some time taking care of myself, managing my personal wellness, which leads me to today's topic, personal wellness. Why are we starting to talk about personal wellness? In my personal experience, it's the root of everything we do in business. If you're not taking care of your personal wellness, both physical and mental, then you're not going to be able to sustain the hustle, to have the mental clarity to get out, network, focus, be successful. How can you manage your startup, take care of business, your family, and spend time with friends if you're completely burnt out, both physically and mentally? One thing that I found very interesting about listening to entrepreneurs and executives on the She Did It Her Way podcast and at the various networking events I attend is that they make their own wellness a priority. Sure, they're busy, they hustle, they have kids, partners, and friends that all vie for their attention, but they make sure their priorities are in place. Some work half days on Fridays and then make sure they're spending the rest of the day with their kids, and some will manage their schedule so that they can put in blocks of time for meditation, fitness, creative work, reading, or just getting away from technology altogether. And some mention their non-negotiables are getting a workout in every day, taking a walk, meditating, spending time with their kids, all things that help them to maintain their wellness. And I completely understand that in this crazy industry, we need to keep busy, to keep hustling to get experience, to pay bills, to get to know people in the industry, to launch our business or product, And sometimes we have to work those 12-hour days, be at a launch party right after work, head out to work a second job, or come home and log into our personal computers to write content, interview guests, and drop business plans. In no way am I saying that you can't hustle and still maintain your personal wellness. In fact, the better you manage your personal wellness, the more you'll be able to hustle and get out there. It's not one or the other. You can make both work at the same time. The concept of self-care really became a trend in the last couple of years. In fact, about a year ago, I wrote a blog post on tips for self-care in a hustle industry. I started to realize that I needed a bit more self-care right as this concept was starting to become mainstream. And over the last few years, it's developed from pieces of self-care, going from a hike to get away from technology, sleeping more, eating better, to a complete personal wellness management program for myself, which now includes fitness, nutrition, mindset changes, and time management slash organization. Before I moved to California three and a half years ago, I was super active. I was riding horses two to three days a week or more, working at the farm hauling hay bales and helping kids, taking yoga, TRX, and bar classes, and often making stops at the gym to do some cardio or weights. I was living at home, so I had mom cooking healthy meals, and when she wasn't cooking, I would cook vegetarian, and I typically got a decent amount of sleep. I had less stress because I had less bills to pay, and you get the gist. 
When I came to California, my activity level plummeted. I wasn't working on the farm a few days a week. Fitness memberships were too expensive to handle along with rent on my entry-level paycheck. And working full-time and going to grad school meant I sat all day at a computer, only to return to sitting at a computer for another few hours a night, or to sit in a classroom. Meals were quick, often easy and cheap, or came from fast casual restaurants. And I was stressed. I was about halfway through my second year of grad school when I realized something needed to change. My jeans no longer fit. I had to go buy a new business attire because I couldn't fit into anything I brought with me. My acne flared up along with hip pain from an old injury. I had no energy and little mental clarity. I felt like I was in a fog half the time just making it through the day on autopilot. And I procrastinated until the last minute because I never set out a schedule for completing papers, presentations, or projects. I was also getting super sick because I wasn't sleeping enough, eating right, or working out. That's not a recipe for success by any means. And I knew that something had to change. So I did just that. I signed up for the ClassPass app to make going to fitness classes cheaper than a membership at each studio and started going about five times a month. I actually made use of my gym membership for cardio and started hiking more and running outside. I changed up my nutrition slowly, signing up for bi-weekly produce delivery box so I always had fresh, organic veggies and fruit to cook with. I also did an elimination diet, something similar to Whole30, to determine what foods were zapping energy and making me not feel well. It turns out that gluten and dairy were the culprits, so I learned how to take them out of my diet and substitute new foods in. I also started using the 5-Minute Journal, a daily gratitude journal that helped me to change my mindset, to think each day about what I'm grateful for, what I want to see happen, and to set out positive affirmations for my day. And at the end of the night, I can reflect on what went well that day and what I'd like to change. I also made sure to use a physical planner to jot down what I need to get done during the day, and combined with my Google Calendar and Asana, developed a time and project management system that allows me to work hard on the business without constantly trying to determine what it is that I need to do. And sleep. I started using a sleep tracker app to monitor how much sleep I'm getting and how well I'm sleeping. And when you have that in actual numbers, it really makes you realize just how much sleep that you weren't getting before. And with all of that, I make sure that I'm reading for fun, or taking an hour to watch my favorite TV show, actually using my PTO to take vacations to see my family or to travel, basically stepping away from the hustle for even just an hour to rest, reset my mind, and come back to work or the business with a clearer mind. I knew that managing my personal wellness had been, and still can be, my struggle. And I started to hear people talking about self-care and managing both physical and mental wellness in music. But it wasn't until I surveyed the Broken Glass Collective two months ago that it really struck me. The top thing that members either struggle with or want to know more about is managing their physical and mental wellness. I had been so focused on career and business resources that I didn't stop to think that maybe there was something else that I too struggled with and could speak on that my audience wanted to learn about. So I decided to pivot the business slightly to bring personal wellness into the fold. And that we're still going to talk about women in music and I'll provide tools, resources, and we'll have discussions on business, entrepreneurship, getting started in the music industry, etc. But now this is just my opinion. We can't be successful in advance if we're not taking care of ourselves. We've seen a lot of musicians suffer from mental illness in the last few years, and it's really come to the forefront. 
But I think that our physical wellness also has a lot to do with our mental wellness. And it it did with mine anyway. If we're energized, we're feeling good about ourselves, then sometimes we're a lot happier. In fact, the day after I went to physical therapy for lingering pain and weakness in my right arm, the our office manager at Alfred mentioned that I seemed a lot happier. And it was then that I realized just how much the physical pain affected my mood. My physical therapist had dug right to the root of the problem. And by honestly just cracking my back, he eliminated about 99% of the pain in my arm and my hip, which he hadn't even focused on. And the change was clearly visible to people. When our office manager said that to me, that was when I felt like the idea of managing personal wellness while hustling was completely validated. So to help you with personal wellness, I'm going to take a look at what are my four pillars for managing my own wellness. Mindset, fitness, nutrition, time management, and a bonus pillar, sleep. We'll take some time to discuss these on the podcast and on the blog. And starting on March 11th, I'm going to offer a free five-day managing personal wellness with the Hustle Challenge. So each day for five days, you'll receive an email about one of the the wellness pillars with tips, small tweaks you can make to manage your wellness. Because really what it comes down to is setting small goals, making small tweaks to your mornings, to your evenings, to your fitness routine, your diet, your schedule. And if you think about it, when you go from zero to 60 on a diet or fitness plan, we kind of give up pretty quickly. We've made a massive change without any preparation. But if you start small by just making small adjustments and creating a habit before you make another small change, you'll see better results. I definitely did. It wasn't until working out became a habit that I went all out for an unlimited membership at my studio. I'm still working to make small adjustments to my nutrition. I finally kicked the daily chip habit with a crispy alternative of snap peas. And we're training for a marathon here, not a sprint. So let's take a brief look into the four pillars and how small changes can make a big impact. Number one is mindset. Now mindset is first for me because I think it impacts how we see fitness, nutrition, and time management, and how we can motivate ourselves to make changes in those other pillars. And perception is one of the first things I like to work on when I'm focusing on mindset. A lot of the time we get tunnel vision and think, this is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? And when that happens and those thoughts come up, we need to stop, breathe, and see the bigger picture. I tend to repeat mantras to myself. This is just business. It's not personal. It's not life or death. And when I really struggle or something really impacts me, I think, is this useful? Is my reaction to this useful? How is the way I'm thinking or what I'm doing helping this situation? It's even to the point where I have a post-it note on the monitor at work that says, is this useful? Front and center. And even just a small shift in your perception can have a huge impact on the way you're feeling about something, the stress and anxiety associated with it, and how you move forward. Confidence is something else I try to work on when it comes to mindset. And this is confidence in yourself and your work, your words, and confidence that taking a risk can lead to a greater reward. So be confident in your emails, in what you ask of other people. I always find myself trying to accommodate rather than saying, this is how it is. But I know I need to protect my own energy. And to do that, I need to come off confident. This is what it is. This is how I'm going to run my business. Fitness is the second pillar, and it's probably one of my favorite pillars of wellness. And I am sure you're thinking, 
I am so crazy busy. How am I going to fit working out into my schedule? But here's the best part. You don't have to be like me, like I am right now, scheduling three plus fitness classes a week and one to two days cardio. In fact, when I was taking charge of my personal wellness, I didn't go all in. I started slowly, adding in a few walks on breaks at work and taking time to get up and stretch my legs. Then slowly added in a class or two here or there. And as it became a habit, as I got more confident in myself, as I got stronger, fitter, I started adding more in. If you have a fitness tracker, set a daily step goal and do what it takes to reach that goal. Whether it's taking a lap around the block before you go to work, getting up a few more times during the day to get water, or eating lunch at your desk so you can go outside and walk during that half hour or hour, once you feel like you can consistently reach that goal, then up the goal by 500 to 1,000 steps and see what happens. I started with my step goal at 10,000 steps, and I was barely reaching it. So I made it a priority that on my breaks at work, I would go take a walk. And eventually, I started reaching that goal every single day. So I upped it. I upped it to 11,000 steps. And once I could reach that goal, I upped it again to 12,000 steps. So now, right now, where I'm at is 12,000 steps. And who knows, maybe in a week or two, I'll bump it up again to 13,000. Nutrition is the third pillar. And I know that nutrition can be hard for some people to change. A lot of the time, we use food for comfort when we're stressed, depressed, or junk food is often a staple of office gatherings, parties, and other events. If I remember correctly, my first day of work in California, we had donuts for someone's birthday, and that seemed to be a staple of birthdays and other special meetings. When I'm looking at my nutrition for personal wellness, I often make small changes to feel better. I went from eating a bag of chips after lunch to snacking on snap peas or clementines. I added in an RX bar for my mid-morning snack instead of waiting to, until lunch to eat when I'd become ravenous. I eventually moved into meal prepping on Sundays so that I had a week's worth of lunches and sometimes dinners, and I wasn't tempted to go out and buy a calorie bomb from a fast food restaurant or sodium-filled frozen meal for lunch. What helped me the most to really look at what I was eating to see where I could make changes was to journal what I ate for three days straight. Now, I didn't necessarily calorie count, though my fitness pal did give me that option, but it was really to analyze how much protein, fats, and carbs I was eating on a daily basis. Was I eating too much or too little sodium? Did I grab a cookie after dinner or pick up a bag of chips to snack on to satisfy hunger? And once I had a good look at three plus days of what I consumed, I was really able to pinpoint the places I could make small changes. And just those small changes made a huge impact in how full I was, how I controlled what I ate the rest of the day, and how much energy I had by the end of the day. Time management is the last of the four pillars, and it's really what you can help manage the preceding three. How people manage time is equally as individual as fitness routines and diets, but there are a few different methods out there that really helped me to manage what I needed to do, make sure I was taking care of non-negotiables like fitness, and still fit in time for myself each week. Steph Crowder of the Courage and Clarity podcast has a 15-minute planner method that she taught at last year's She Did It Her Way Summit, and she actually has a free guide available on her website at courageandclarity.com. I've taken her method and made it my own with a little bit of inspiration from Megan Seeley of The Goal Designer and a little help from Asana. I have a physical planner, and each Sunday I open it up to the week ahead. I look at my non-negotiables, which are the Rocks and Steph's program. 
These are things like my physical therapy appointments, group fitness classes, meal prep days, and other important events that I just can't miss. I write these in on the day in the weekly view and also in the monthly view. And then I look at things that will help me move the business forward, which are Steph's Pebbles. Content creation, podcast interviews, email automations, and the like. I schedule these types of things in the weekly view and in Asana with a due date listed. The last thing I do is look at the admin tasks, accounting, and other minute details that won't make or break my day if I have to shuffle them around. Asana has become my best friend. I set it up with the guidance from Amanda as she did it her way, and she has an awesome free Asana guide on her website that you should definitely check out. And it has saved me, especially when it comes to business and content creation. All my tasks are in one place, and I can sort them by due date. I even have birthdays listed in there, which day I need to start my next batch of kombucha, and my 2019 goals. It's so gratifying to be able to check something off that list and to watch the unicorn fly across the screen. And no, really, if you haven't used Asana, you need to just for that. And it helps that when I get stressed, I can use tab plus B just to look at cute cats. But use what's right and what's best for you. I love having a physical planner and a digital planner like iCal or Google Calendar, but you may not want to haul along a physical planner with you all day. And that's okay. You may not find Asana useful, but love Trello, which I do love too. And it's actually how I'm planning my trip to Europe. But whatever method you use, if you just take five to 10 minutes at the beginning of your week to look over the next five to seven days, it might make a world of difference in finding time to fit in fitness, meal prepping, meditation, or other self-care. And now the bonus pillar that I'm sure we all don't focus enough time on, sleep. Some of us can function on little sleep, but I know I personally can't. I can maybe make it through one day or just a few hours, but I am guaranteed to crash the next day if I try to do it again. But with the hustle can come the dilemma of, do I do more work or do I make sure I get my seven to eight hours of rest? I had a professor in grad school, and she was an advisor to a program at the school. She taught several undergrad and grad classes, and she was also an artist manager with other side projects. She mentioned in class one day that she always made sure to work out and get eight hours of sleep. And at the time, I thought, how? How did she do that and get all her work done, get all her workouts in? As I've become more ingrained in working a full-time job and side hustling and making my workouts and nutrition a priority, I've also noticed that I make sleep a priority too. At the beginning of 2019, I made it a goal to make sleep my number one priority. I set a goal bedtime and a goal wake-up time and tried to stick to that schedule. I stopped looking at emails, my website, and social media by a certain time, and it was lights out by 10.45 to 11 o'clock. And you know what happened? I felt amazing. I wasn't crashing midday. I wasn't reaching for a calorie-laden snack to keep me awake. I had my coffee in the morning, and I had no need for a cup by the afternoon. So what if I didn't finish the blog post? So what the email isn't quite ready to go out? I came to realize that my sleep needed to take priority over anything else I was doing. That sleep was an integral part of my wellness routine, and without it, I wasn't going to be able to hustle like I wanted to to have a clear mind when I went to networking event after work, to be confident and communicative when talking to new people. But it wasn't just sleep. It was the combination of feeling great in both mind and body that gave me confidence, that gives me the courage and the strength to keep working this business, to keep talking to new people, getting out there, and making a name for myself. Personal wellness is the ultimate pillar of hustling in the music industry. 
And one thing to keep in mind as you're making changes for wellness is that you can't go from zero to 60 and expect results. It's like those crash diets we try. They are not sustainable long-term. What we need to do is really take it one step at a time, make one small change, let it become habit, then make another and another. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen tomorrow or next week. We need to think of this as a training plan. You wouldn't just go out and run a marathon tomorrow, would you? You would slowly and steadily train for it, adding a mile at a time, adding additional training methods, including weightlifting, stretching, and yoga, working on your nutrition, and maybe even adding in meditation. When you're working to manage your personal wellness, it's just like training for a marathon, even when it comes to mindset. So if you're ready to make a change so you can keep on hustling, head on over to the website to sign up for the Managing Personal Wellness 5-Day Challenge at brokenglassmediallc.com slash managingpersonalwellness. I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes so you can check it out there if you need to. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.